0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to my podcast, Get Into It with Gila. I know you're going to love the content here because you will gain inspiration, powerful tools and insights, and valuable knowledge. If you want more of this, please visit my website at www.gilaglassberg.com or visit me on Instagram at Gila glassberg. I'm Gila Glassberg, a registered dietitian and intuitive eating counselor. I've come to realize by counseling many, many women that this work is much deeper and greater than food and body image. It's the bigger picture challenges we face of love, belonging, acceptance, what our true values and goals are, noticing them, addressing them, and gaining skills to move forward. If you have been struggling with what your life's purpose is, or you just feel stuck in general and don't know what's holding you back, this podcast will enlighten and inspire you to take action and move forward. This podcast is about other women in the 21st century who feel that losing weight will fix all their problems or somehow meet their unmet needs. Hey, everybody, thanks so much for tuning into my podcast, Get Into It with Gila, where we talk about intuitive eating and learning how to use the principles of intuitive eating in other areas of your life to understand your limiting beliefs and learn how to challenge them and move forward in your life. And um, right now, with the coronavirus going on, it's just seriously insane. I don't know about you guys, well, I'm assuming it's also insane by your house. All the kids are off from school. A lot of us are off from work. There's a lot of uncertainty, and it's really scary. And it's definitely for those who are stuck in the scarcity mindset. It's um, probably a setback. I'd have to say for myself it is in many ways. And I've learned a lot of different coping mechanisms, and I have a lot of tools in my back pocket, but it's still really hard to go through life and have something so massive and unexpected happening like you know on Perm, we were all just going about our days and you know I guess like getting our kids ready for school and getting ready for work and then all of a sudden like everything is literally shut down and besides for that it's like we just don't know when like the world will be up and running again and I know for me um yeah it's massively impacting my day-to-day life my kids are home I did actually go to work today, which was really nice <laughs> to get out. Um, I work in a nursing home, so I had to be really careful, and I had to wear a mask when I was interacting with the residents, because they are the ones who are most at risk, actually. So it's, it's scary. Um, but, you know, like, I have this mission and this um, desire to just, like, help other women move forward in their life and it all came about with my own I guess feeling stuck and that's like a really awful feeling and um I guess in the feelings of stuck you're like what do I do now like I want to move forward but I'm just not sure how to and um not that I have so much free time but um I guess I'm really trying to structure my time wisely and learn from this coronavirus. Uh, granted, it's only a few days in, but um, there have been a lot of tools and tips that I've been trying to implement and I've seen a really big difference. So first of all, I did start working with Tippi Gross from Hava Tribe. She um, is really a business coach and she also runs these masterminds and something that I learned from her was to write down behaviors of a person that we wish to be, so for me it's like I want to be in the head of a successful business owner, so i 'm going to be writing down the behaviors that are gonna that I believe a successful business owner or my view of myself as a successful business owner would be and something that I wrote the first thing that I wrote down was before I start to work on anything i 'm going to write down and compartmentalize for five minutes what I need to get done on that day and it sounds like so simple but being in um, a mode or a mindset of I just need to work I just need to produce I just need to keep going really doesn't create optimal work for some people it probably creates a lot of good work but it's probably not your best work and um, I've been thinking a lot about this over the over the week or the last two weeks or just a lot of time to reflect on the habits that we sort of like fall into or the behaviors that we might engage in frequently and that we might not want to be engaging in, but we just don't we're not even aware of it. So the first thing to do is really to get really quiet and look at your behaviors and look at your patterns. And sometimes you could do this by yourself and sometimes you could do it with the help of someone else, like a coach or a therapist. Um so that's going to be your your choice, but you could do it either way. And I, I there have been a lot of things that I've done on my own, just from reading and implementing and trial and error and learning, and 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 growing that have helped me move forward. So, um, I this is new for me doing the podcast and, um, something that I have spoken a lot about with Tippy and other business coaches and therapists and mentors is just, um knowing why I want to do this work. And there's, there's so many reasons why I want to do this work. But one one of the main reasons is because I really want to help other women. That is like so satisfying for me. And it makes me feel really happy. And it makes me really want to keep doing this. So I know it sounds like such a dream and such a like, who, who even believes that this can be true, but like, wouldn't it be awesome if like your job, the thing that makes money and makes your living is something that you actually love to do. And Tippy talks about this a lot in her podcast and I believe it. Like I, I want to be in that abundance mindset. I want to be doing something that makes me feel really happy and that helps other people. That's really important to me. That's a really important value for me. And when people give me feedback about my work, that it's helped them, that it's moved them forward, that it's inspired them, like, it just makes me want to keep going. Obviously, we all want to make money, but, like, that's really not the most important thing, and, like, Tippi always says, like, the money will follow when you're doing the work that you're meant to be doing. You're working within alignment of who you are and what your values are, so I am doing this new podcast, and there's definitely been, like, a lot of barriers in my way that I've either placed in my way or have just are just in in my way because that's just the way it works but I'm not great with technology and I don't really care to learn it um and something that I've learned so much with like all the business coaches that I've worked with is that delegating is really important so so something really important that I've learned and that I really want you guys to think about and try to internalize or just sit with it mull it over in your head is delegating, and this doesn't have to just be in business, it could be in your personal life. But things that you really don't enjoy doing and they really drain you are probably tasks that you could somehow delegate. You could either, it dep- obviously depends on the task, but you could either pay someone to do it, you could get your kids to do it, um, somebody who you're already paying, you might be able to add that to their responsibility for some a little bit more of money. Um, so, for example, I paid someone to make me an intro and an outro and the picture art for my podcast because I didn't want to learn to do that and like it really wasn't that much money and like then I had all that headspace and and time to create to sit and blog or work with a client or do something that really did fuel me and that thus continues to fuel me but the things that drain you like you just can't keep producing good work so wherever possible you might really need some time to reflect on this. You can't just like all of a sudden decide, okay, I'm delegating this out, but you might have to write out all the tasks that you need to do on a daily basis or a weekly basis and think about it. What do you like doing? What do you not like doing? What can you delegate out and what can't you delegate out? And that is a really good starting point. Um so I've really been trying to implement delegating, and that's been really hard for me. And I'm sure that's really hard for a lot of you who are naturally like to be in control and like to have it your way, I guess. Um, but it's just it's it's very humbling, and it's like all the things I'm gonna talk about is it might be things that like maybe you never thought about or you never thought you could do, and then once you practice and get into the habit of it, it becomes like so much easier, and you you really get to reap the benefits. So. I really encourage you to try, like, be open-minded to try new things, like, I never thought I was going to do a podcast, because, um, like, I wrote about this on my, on my Instagram recently, like, why should I do a podcast, there's so many intuitive eating dietitians out there, there's so many Jewish Orthodox intuitive eating dietitians out there, like, specifically doing what I'm doing, but every person is their own brand, and every person brings something different to the table, and, There's going to be a million reasons why we decide not to do something. And you have to really decide what your reason is for doing something. So for me, like I just said, like I love to share. I love to learn new ideas and try to implement them and share them. That's like really fun for me. So if I could talk about something that's helped me and then I could put that on a podcast, even if it helps one person, I'm fulfilling a desire of mine and a goal of mine, whether or not it becomes something that many people listen to but just I already know that there are listeners and people who enjoy the stuff that I like to talk about so it's just worth it for me to do that it makes me feel good I like sharing it helps another person that's those are my values those are really things that are really important to me and then help me produce better work so I wanted to talk a little bit about how I became interested in the field of intuitive eating so that you guys could understand the full scope of it and I hope that it resonates with you and I hope that you'll continue to listen on my journey in general because I'm always learning and I'm always looking for new ways to learn and grow and help other people help myself help other people so um, I always say this I grew up in a big family I'm the fourth of nine and my mom didn't always make sure that we ate healthy quote-unquote but she just made sure that we ate you know she had a lot of things to worry about and, um, now reflecting back on it, it was probably a really good thing. Like there was really very little diet talk in my house or body shaming, like that really wasn't allowed. Um, but I guess there was some underlying diet stuff because both my parents were on diets a lot, but they never put us on diets and they didn't believe in, as far as I know, believe in putting their kids on diets. Um, so I was kind of like oblivious to the whole, like eating affecting your body until I went away for high school. And I grew up in a community that there was no kosher restaurant. So when I, I went to, I grew up in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and then I went to, I boarded in Teaneck for high school and there was like a kosher pizza store down the block, basically like walking distance. And I would just like go every single day. Like I did not think uh, twice about it. I was just like, this is so awesome. Kosher pizza every day. Um, and that was probably like my whole ninth grade and, um, probably when it came to like, when it came to 10th grade, I probably put on a lot of weight, which I I don't even know if I noticed. Maybe, maybe people were talking about it. I don't really remember like the impetus for this, but there was a lot of diet talk in my high school. I'm not blaming anyone, um, at all. And I love my friends. And I think that this is really normal in a girl's high school but there was definitely a lot of diet talk, and I remember even, like, a lot of us going, having, like, diet competitions, and who could lose the most weight, and a lot of, like, the parents were, like, reinforcing that, like, there was no, there was no talk about, like, you guys shouldn't do that, or that's bad, it was, like, very much praised, so I figured, like, okay, this is really, this is, like, a really good thing, but I remember, like, one of my first diets, I think it was South Beach, like, I didn't eat any carbs for two weeks, and I remember, like, being in my friend's house, and, like, we were we were up late at night like watching something and I remember she was I just like couldn't stop thinking about the pizza upstairs and I went upstairs and I ate like I don't know, two or three slices of pizza and I was just like I felt gross and I felt out of control and I was like, Wow, what on earth is wrong with me? Like I can't control myself, I have no willpower and then I just started to like be out of control with eating, like just from that one diet, like, okay, what's my next diet and when am I gonna lose this weight and how am I gonna lose this weight and It was just, it was so frustrating, and I just felt so horrible on my body at that point, where I I don't really think I thought about it before then, and um, then I remember coming to a point where I was just like, okay, I don't want to think about how much carbs or how much fat or how many calories, I just want to stop eating, which is so scary that I had that thought, but that's really common, and I did that for a while. It was a lot easier for me to eat just really little than to decide what to eat and what not to eat. And I did lose a lot of weight. And I remember like the compliments, like you look amazing. How do you do it? You have such a willpower. How are you eating? Tell me what to do. But meanwhile, I was like totally starving myself and I wasn't doing well in school. Not that I was ever doing well in school, but I just had a hard time paying attention to school and school. And it was just like, I just didn't feel healthy. I didn't feel good. And um, for me, like I did not develop a full blown eating disorder, although one of my good friends did in high school. But, um, I, my friends kind of like confronted me. We went away on a trip to LA to me and two other good friends, which was a really fun trip actually. And, um, they were like, I guess they were just with me so many hours of the day that they saw how I was eating and they confronted me. And from then on in, I was like, wow, this really isn't normal. Like to eat like this and to be so obsessed with how much I'm eating and not going to a party because I know there's going to be food there, and food fears, and now being a professional, a a dietitian who works in the field, I could notice that as eating disorder behaviors, but at the time, I was just like, um, wow, like, this is crazy, like, that you become so obsessed with food, I, I didn't think of it as being crazy, but I knew that something was, like, off about it, like, how could you, how could this be considered healthy, so from then on in, like, I guess I was a little bit less rigid, but I still had I guess, disordered eating behaviors and tendencies, like always checking the calories and always worrying about what I'm eating and my weight and everything. And then when I, I decided then that I wanted to be a dietitian and I wasn't like much of a student in high school and I didn't even really get into college. So I first went to community college and then I was going to go, and then I got into Queens College and I really wanted to do nutrition, but they were kind of like, um, persuading me not to because it's such a hard degree like I wouldn't who would have known that nutrition would have been such a hard degree but it really is a hard degree and I had to take so many sciences and I was like "Eh, I'll just do I'll just do um whatever whatever the other nutrition degree and I started doing the other nutrition degree and like A few classes in, I was like wait what am I gonna do with this degree and they're like well you could be like a gym teacher and I'm like what I'm doing all this for to become a gym teacher like I'm not doing that and then I was like okay I think I want to go for the full nutrition degree and it was like so scary because I was like so not a good student in high school and I and I had a lot of limiting beliefs like I can't do this I'm not smart enough but like at that moment I was like no this is what I want to do I want to learn about what's healthy to eat And I want to implement this into the firm community and I'm going to save the firm world. That was like totally my mission at that point. And, um, I did it. I went through school and then I had to get into an unpaid internship for a year and work in the field of dietetics. And I was so nervous again, like I'm never going to get in all this hard work for nothing. Like just telling myself over and over again. And I did actually get in on my first try and it was like one of the best days of my life. And I went to Lehman college and I did a year of an unpaid internship. I worked in a nursing home. I did a research rotation. I worked for WIC. I worked um, at a place called God's Love We Deliver. I worked at Potencies. I did a food service manage- management rotation. We learned a lot as dietitians, And um, I passed my RD exam. I continued on and I got my master's in nutrition. So that was really hard work like really seriously hard work and then as soon as I started to work I felt totally deflated. Like I just spent all this years and time and money trying to get this degree and help and save the firm world. But when I started working in the field it was like most of the jobs that were available to dietitians was in nursing homes and it's really very you don't really get to use those skills that you at least I wasn't using the skills that I thought I was going to be using, like counseling. Like you're really just doing more medical stuff. Like you're looking at their labs, you're looking at their weight history, you're looking at their appetite, you're calculating tube feeding formularies, which is really important. And it's a really important job. It was just not the job that I dreamt of doing. So, um, at that point, like I just really felt very hopeless. Like, what am I gonna do for the rest of my life? Like I can't do this job for the rest of my life. And I know that there are women listening to this podcast thinking the same exact thing, like that you're like your job is like sucking the life out of you. It happens to be at this point in my life I was already learning a lot about the limited beliefs and scarcity mindset and I had recently read the book, The Surrendered Wife which was taught it's helped me in many ways it wasn't just my marriage but it was like one of the first times I had ever learned of self-care and like maybe at that time in my life like I just wasn't really practicing self-care in general so like that could make your life pretty miserable but that coupled with a job that you really don't like and that you just your expectations just weren't met so like just like on a side note I just read the book The Choice which was such an incredible book and the author of the book is a therapist and she started out the book saying like she was sort of like paralleling these two clients one was like had a son who was dying of a terminal illness and the other one was upset about how her sports car wasn't like what she expected and how she was like saying that like it sounds like how could you even compare those two people's pains but basically the root of that pain was that your expectations aren't met. Like your life wasn't what you thought it was going to be. And that gap is like a really painful gap. So I'm sort of just validating my own pain right now. Like that's really painful when you have an expectation and it's not met. Like I do still think that like now reflecting on that it might be the reason why like I decided decided to start my own business like if I wasn't that miserable I might have been like eh, it's okay so I guess like that's where I'm learning and reflecting and growing like in retrospect like I probably wouldn't have liked if anyone would have said that to me at the time but I'm just saying like it is something that I could reflect on now and think like wow that really pushed me to change like I always say that our emotions are to help us get into motion so they're not good or bad but even like our quote-unquote bad emotions can really help us move and change and make positive changes in our life so i actually decided to visit this woman her name is para Bramowitz. she is a parenting expert and i found her very randomly i guess seemingly randomly i was looking for a sheer a class on tour anytime and she gave a parenting class which i loved And I ended up going to her class a few months later. My friend told me, oh, I know that woman that you love. She's giving a class in Queens. So I went to it and then I found out that she's Hasidish and she doesn't drive. So I ended up driving her home on a different night and we got to talking and she's like, oh, I do private counseling. So I was like, that was like, that like planted a seed in my head. And by the way, just as another side note, if any of you do counseling or do any of that type of stuff, it's always just good to tell people what you do because like I probably called her months later and people probably do that to me now, like they hear about me and they still think about it for a few weeks or months or years until they decide it's what they need. But it's good to know that you told them what you do because it will stick in their mind if it's something that they're, they are interested or they have a friend that might be interested. In. So it's it's always good. And I know that that in and of itself is like vulnerable. Like I know I sometimes feel vulnerable. Like I'm telling everyone what I do, even though they didn't ask me, but it's good to know what people do because it means that you're, you're providing them a service. Like Tippy, she always would tell me, like when you solicit clients, like you're, you're doing them a favor because like, they don't know that you have a service that would really help them. Like when you walk into Walmart, they're soliciting you to buy the products that you might need. So it's just like, we are all vulnerable and we don't like to tell people like what we do, but we could overcome that. And it can be really gratifying. Like when people are like, Oh, you do that. I know someone who could really use that. And then like, you're the one that sets that up. Anyways, I went to her and she was the one that told me about intuitive eating. And um, not that she, she doesn't even practice intuitive eating, she just read an article in e Mishpacha by Rina Reiser, who's now my very good friend, who I reached out to, and she is the one that told me about intuitive eating, and I read the book, and then I decided to become a certified. It was all very quick. I was like, wow, this is, yes, this is exactly what happened to me in high school, this is why you restrict and then you binge and then you restrict again and binge again and you end up hating yourself and feeling shame about your body and everything. Yes, yes, yes. And I was like so in love with it. And the book is written by two registered dietitians. It's completely research based. Like it was just perfect. And they give a certifying course, which I took. And then I started doing private counseling, which, (laughs) which comes with all of its own struggles and scary things. And just like i just said like soliciting clients and telling people what i do and charging a fee for my service but it's been really gratifying and i've met so many awesome people along the way and the best part is is that i get to help people heal their relationship with food and heal their relationship with themselves and i get to watch that transformation in my office and it's a really rewarding Process. Not that it's easy. I don't don't want to say that's easy, but it's super rewarding. And I'm still on this journey of self development and self growth. And I'm always trying to find new ways to help myself move forward and my clients move forward. And I I love doing this. So if you are interested in intuitive eating counseling, I'm also offering an online course. And soon there there will be a self paced course which I'm working on (laughs) during this coronavirus. Um, crisis. So if you have any questions, please reach out to me on Instagram, Gila Glassberg, um, or my, you can email me, gilaglassberg at yahoo.com, and I would love to hear from you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you all so much for being here on my podcast, Get Into It With Gila. If you'd like to learn more about what I do and what intuitive eating is, please visit my website at www.gilaglassberg.com or follow me on Instagram at gilaglassberg.com.